welcome to dairy section. Uh, this is a um, podcast about whatever comes to my mind, really. It's episode number four. I'm your host, Shay McKenzie. And uh, let's get into it. Um, right off the top, I just want to apologize. There was no episode last week. And that uh, relates to the subject matter of today's uh, episode. Uh, secondly, I would like to say that I still don't have an intro other than what I just did, but like there's no music. No. Welcome to Dairy Section. That's about all you're going to get. Um, I, uh, I know that there's services where I can pay someone to make a little intro or whatever, but I'm, uh, I'm not financially uh, able to do that. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, okay, so there was no episode last week um, because, not that I have a super strict schedule, um, I mean, like, I went to Vietnam, like, right when I started this podcast, so all of a sudden it was like, oh, uh, yeah, here's my podcast, so I'm planning on releasing it, like, weekly or whatever, and then I was gone for two weeks, uh, but I, I had full plans to have that weekly, you know, Sunday-Monday release schedule uh going it's a it's a nice one i my favorite podcasts my favorite podcast is the last podcast on the left um i've listened to it for you know maybe six or seven years now and it's just very very much my comfort podcast and they release on wednesdays and fridays and so i'm deeply like on mondays i I really wish i had something because we're getting back into the week and you know, I would like to listen to something. So I thought, you know, maybe a Sunday, Monday release would be nice because uh, then rather than listen to a podcast, I make one. It helps fill my day. Uh, So uh, there was no podcast last week because I have been, for lack of a better term, absolutely going through it. And that relates to what I'm going to talk about today, which is uh, specifically young people and the mental health crisis that we're going through um but i'm gonna zero in on a couple things that i think are relevant and maybe a fresh take on how to to deal with it as a as a young person i'm speaking fellow young people but uh if you find any of this you know any of this sort of um let's say just conversation this discourse uh, helpful uh and you're not young please take it uh it's it's i'm just trying to i'm just trying to focus on young people because i am a young person and I think that uh, there's been a lot of discussion about how specifically the pandemic affected um, the youngest people. Uh, and I have a lot of sympathy, actually, because I think that being 24, I'm, I'm out of the worst of it. Uh, but um, I do not want this to be another uh, news article that uh, or a piece of media or study that gets you all scared. Um, uh and so I'm going to discuss why I think I was going through it, quote unquote, why I'm still sort of going through it. Uh, and uh, a couple articles that I just, I was able to find in, in literally a span of like 10 minutes that uh, there there is actually like essentially infinite one of these, but just like 60% of young people feel like dying or whatever. So, but yeah, I don't want this to be like, you listen to this podcast and you're able to, uh, admittedly, like, pretty accurately rationalize why you're feeling like shit. Like, of course, you know, a lot of us feel like shit, but 
This is actually supposed to be positive. And we're going to go through this journey of, of starting negative and, and trying to end with a positive of just how I try to cope with things. And um, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Uh, so I got back from Vietnam. I made a podcast about Vietnam. I think it's a good podcast. Unfortunately, like nobody listened to it except for, you know, you know who you are who did listen to it. It, you know, it might not just, it, it's not really, maybe it was shit. I don't know. I thought it was good. I, I liked what I talked about. Um, but way less popular than my first two episodes. And that's totally okay. Uh, because, uh, when I started making this podcast, I, I finally like bit the bullet and did it because it's for me. And I'm happy every single time someone reaches out to me and says like, I enjoyed it. it that's a bonus, you know, and I'm really happy that you guys are, are listening. So appreciate it. Uh, but get back from Vietnam, make the podcast and then trip and fall straight into like, uh, like a, like a micro mental breakdown. Um, I was, I was living in Victoria before this. I've, I've talked about this tons, but I was living in Victoria, and my day to day life there was um, was fully like was content. Uh, in some ways, I was bartending uh, almost fifty hours a week, like working a lot. The service industry being so pressured for for uh, workers right now that if anyone wants to get a job, they can, and then they can work as many hours as, you know, the establishment can afford to give them because there's nobody else to do it. So I was working a lot, and then uh, in my free time, I only really did maybe three other things. I went to the gym, uh, I hung out with my friends, and I smoked a lot of weed. And so when I came here to Edmonton, I no longer had a job, so that was the biggest f- time filler. Um, I no longer had friends that I could access. Uh, I don't really know anyone here in Edmonton, um, and that was by design. I, I desperately miss my friends, um, all y'all in, in Smithers and, and Victoria and elsewhere. I miss you guys, but I just needed to come to, I guess, like sort myself and uh, figure out what it is that I want in this world or whatever. So I didn't have a job. I didn't have friends. And I kept going to the gym but uh, and skateboarding. I just picked up skateboarding. Um, tons of fun, super hard. Never going to get good at it, but that's not the point. And I quit smoking weed. <laughs> and boy, uh, they're going to tell you that marijuana is not addictive. Uh, stoners are going to love to say that. Oh, dude, it's not physically addictive, bro. Well, if I put a bag of weed in anyone's house who's trying to quit, I bet they'd smoke it. And I'm not here to vilify marijuana. You know, I think a lot of people lean on it as a crutch. A lot of people enjoy it as a vice that is less impactful than, say, drinking, which I agree. Uh, If you drink to the same level as you smoke weed, you're certainly going to die a lot sooner than the weed smoker. Um, better than heroin and meth and, and coke. Uh, so I get it. You know, I know marijuana has its place. Um, especially if you're a chronic pain sufferer or don't have appetite or whatever. Like, uh, it's probably life changing. And they're doing research on these cannabinoids outside of THC, you know, CBD and stuff of, of quality of life improvement and harm reduction. And I'm fully on board. I understand it. 
All I'm saying is, anecdotally, for me, once I quit marijuana and I got through the worst of the withdrawal symptoms, which there certainly are, uh, sleep is extremely difficult, uh, my appetite evaporated, and um, uh, heavy sweating, like I was just sweating like a pig, uh, and dreams came back, which was crazy. I, I missed dreams, I guess. I didn't really realize I missed dreams, but I didn't dream when I used uh, marijuana. I know a lot of people don't. Some people say they still do, but I just didn't ever have dreams. Um, I also felt that in my my consciousness or or my there's going to be so many terms self actualization, uh, 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 fulfillment, whatever. Um, I had I had pulled a, uh, a, a, a self-induced barrier off of the ceiling of it. Um, all of a sudden, I, you know, over this last month or so, I've been feeling more myself, uh, more confident, uh, more able to entertain things of progress, like to, to, to set goal set and achieve goals, but also, um, in the goal setting part, uh, like, you know, imagine more, like to be more. And I think that uh, when I was living in Victoria bartending, it was sort of like, you hit the gym, go to work, smoke some weed, fall asleep, repeat. And so, and it, you know what, there wasn't enough time in my day to really think about, uh, for example, Russia, Ukraine, or the fact that we are going through a, you know, the uh, COVID hangover, um, you know, as a, as a society. And I think about as conspiracy minded as I get, that's by design. You know, I think that the capitalist world works better when everyone's just working and not thinking, you know, plodding along in their in their track. And so when I came here, I totally just bumped out of it, you know, like I was no longer in a routine. I, uh, um, <laughs> I skateboarded like no joke, like eight hours a day. Uh, and, uh, I would just, I was just tired all the time, but I couldn't sleep cause I was quitting weed and stuff. And then I, and then I boom off to Vietnam and then I get back here and I make that episode and then yeah, trip and fall into the depressive episode. And I, I think, fingers crossed here, uh, watch me go dark for another two months, but I think I'm feeling better. And um, I chalk that up to a good support network. I'm lucky to have uh, family and friends who I can talk to uh, and not even necessarily be like, oh, I'm depressed, but just talk to about life. Remind myself that um, that the world is bigger than my thoughts. I, I saw that quote and I really liked it. Um, and the other thing is, is remind myself that it's okay to not be okay. And, and people say that all the time, but I think reading these studies that, uh, about all these young people feeling bad, it's just like, you're, you're in the minority if your shit's together. And if it is, I'm really, really happy for you. Uh, I would like some advice. Um, and, uh, and keep doing what you're doing. Like we need more people who aren't. Uh, contemplating uh, how dark the world can be. Um, so I'm coming out of this depressive episode. I have the energy to make a podcast. I have the energy to talk about things. I got a job. I'm working at a, a restaurant again. 
and uh, I'm not stoked about it, but like you got to pay the bills, right? And that's what the that's what the whole thing is. Is like you got to keep uh, you got to keep making money for the man so that you can afford a house, so that you can't you not sleeping in the streets, um, and uh, and so I just yeah, I wanna I wanna get into this. So I have four four articles or studies here. Um, I'm just going to read off some things and then I'm going to, I'm going to just talk about my take on it. So, um, I think the biggest one I want to talk about is this whole, uh, post COVID thing. So this is from the guardian. More than a third of young people fear their life is spiraling out of control. 60% 60% of 16 to 25 year olds said that they were scared about their generation's future, having lived through a pandemic and now faced a cost of living crisis. I'd like to add to this um, and something that I think is, um, is, is for me important, but there's also the Russia Ukraine conflict and like this, you know, sort of palpable sense of uh, a reignited cold war, this nuclear uh, threat hanging in the air. Which is the biggest deal for me for some reason. Like uh, COVID, I think I was processing during COVID times and, and as we moved out of it, I did a good job of, um, me personally, I did a good job of getting back into the social grind of things. But I know uh, it was hard. And I'm a social person working a social job and it still took me months and months and months to feel normal again, to be around people, to, you know, um, take the mask off both in a, in a proverbial sense, but a very real sense. Um, and so it's okay if you're still all fucked up about the pandemic, like we, we, <laughs> the government locked us in our houses for like two years, more than two years, some places. And then like, they just opened the doors again and we're just like, get back out there, start making money, buddy. No, 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 no. That's fucked up. And that's okay to be fucked up about it. Uh, so pandemic, Ukraine, and then um, cost of living crisis, which is, I guess, sometimes like really stressful for me. But then you get a job and you like pay for shit and you're like, oh, this is, I'm used to this. This is the routine. And so you can sort of find solace in the fact that they've, they've um, solace in the fact that society has reached a point that uh, live to work, work to live, uh, go hand in hand, right? Uh, But if you're really fucked up about employment, you feel like hard work isn't going to get you ahead. That's okay too. Because I know in a lot of cases for a lot of people, they've been working their whole life and in some ways they're further behind than ever. Uh, I'm going to move on to the next one, but I think that's three good ones. We got the the cost of living crisis, post pandemic and Russia, Ukraine crisis. You know, those are the ones that jump out of my mind. There's so many other things and you can email me what, what specifically pisses you off or, or got you down or whatever, uh, which is TV at gmail.com. Um, next one. Uh, 60% of young people, this is, sorry, from mentalhealth.org UK, um, and this is a UK study. Uh, 60% of young people aged 18 to 24 have felt so stressed by the pressure to succeed that they have felt overwhelmed or unable to cope. 47% of young people have felt so stressed by body image and appearance that they have felt unable to cope. So more than half of people are stressed about pressure to succeed. 
roughly half of people uh, really fucked up about how we should look and and um, 57% of young people have a fear of making mistakes so great that they feel overwhelmed or unable to cope. 39% of young people have had suicidal feelings and 29% of people have self-harmed. And this, uh, when I was reading this, I said, well, I better look up the suicide rates. And I couldn't find a good recent one for the UK. I'm sure one exists, but I couldn't find one. But then I found the suicide rates among uh, young people and people in general in the United States. Uh, so the suicide rate resumed an upward, this is from Washington Post. Um, and I'm gonna link all of these in the, in the description of the episode. Um, suicide rate has resumed an upward climb in 2021 after two years of decline. Uh, so uh, looking at the chart, uh, it was a, a steady climb up um, and then we had a brief drop from in uh, 2019 uh, and 2020. And then in 2021, it has jumped uh, in the US a full 4%. Uh, but for young people aged 15 to 24, the, the rate increase has been 8%. With, uh, with young people and men uh, being most likely to kill themselves, young men being the most likely group to kill themselves by a huge margin. Uh, and uh, finally, this is the one for whatever reason really hit me, but the second leading cause of death for people aged 10 to 34 is suicide in the United States. And um, now, there are so many reasons, so many confounding factors that contribute to suicide that we'll never be able to pick up all, all the strings that connect it. Um, I had this one study, but now because I went through all the other three really dark ones, um, there's one, this is from a thousand people, uh, US adults between aged 18 and 30. This is from Live Mint, but it's also, um, uh, I saw it on uh, BBC and stuff. Um, young adults who use social media are significantly more likely to develop depression within six months, regardless of personality type. High agreeable people, 49% less likely though, and high neurotic people, twice as likely when using 300 minutes per day of social media. So 300 minutes per day is a whopping, uh, holy, I'm so fucking stupid. Um, five hours of social media a day. Uh, so... Um, yeah, shit's bad. Pretty much, that's what I'm trying to say. Shit is bad, for sure. For young people, it fucking sucks right now. And, uh, I'm, I consider myself, I, I, I'm going to be fully honest. I think highly of myself. I think myself a capable person who enjoys, um, enjoys a challenge and stress from time to time to, to move on, to, to be better and, and to, uh, not only seek what we're put on this earth for or whatever i like to muse on the philosophical but also i very much feel like i've lived a lot already at 24 i've done a lot of different things um and it's it, it it's i've had a great life i'm gonna be honest and i'm not saying i'm gonna kill myself and my life's over but if i were to die uh i don't think anyone could fault me for saying that i just sat in my room my whole life. Um, those of you who know me personally know that at times that comes with the other side of things is that 
it's a lot to be around me and stuff, but, um, and that, you know, I definitely suffer from manic depressive times and, and neuroticism, but I felt, I feel like I do well for myself. And I'm those, that's the great thing about life, especially as you get older, you get to set the, the parameters of what you think success is and then you get to like achieve it. So if success for you is playing video games in your room and you genuinely fucking love it, then that is, you know, you're being successful. So my parameters for success, I enjoy new experiences. I love all the classic cliche hiking and, and uh, um, I don't know, I occasionally love getting fucked up at a bar like everyone, you know, and I do, I do that stuff. But in the last three years, it's been really hard. And uh, I, I wanted to, I thought about like maybe reaching out to some older people, some boomers and some Gen Xers and some greatest generation people to ask them like, hey, like, are young people crazy? You know, is it really the worst time? Uh, or uh, are like was it like was the 70s this bad or was the cuban missile crisis this bad or or you know and and i realized that doesn't like people's memory is biased it's inherently flawed um i'm not going to get any sort of real reliable results like even if everyone tends to agree it's just going to be whatever uh and then i think the biggest reason why i'm feeling a bit better in the last couple days is that i realized it just doesn't matter uh, and for me, in the sense of like, I can't change it. I, I think I felt an incredible pressure in my life to, in, in at times, to want to change things. And when, when I was smoking a lot of weed and, and bartending a bunch, I didn't have that. And life was a lot more content, uh, a lot easier, uh, path of least resistance. Uh, but coming out of it and sobering up a bit I sort of fell down there and felt that we should be changing things and we should be but talking with people I respect a lot uh, and, and their experiences um, as well as doing a lot of reading on like community forums and such uh all we can do as humans uh as individuals first is control what we have in front of us and for me i guess that means right now just going to work and keep going forward and stuff uh and stuff yeah that's so concise for me what that means on a day-to-day right now is is go to work so I'm not broke because I am broke and I would like to, you know, not be victim of, of the affordability crisis that we are facing. A uh, big reason also why I left Victoria was because I felt that even though I was working so much and I was giving so much of my time to the system, I was being rewarded minimally for it. Um, and then... Uh, with the Russia-Ukraine crisis, uh, I was really worried about when pretty evident that the U.S. blew up Nord Stream, which, for those of you who don't know, Nord Stream is a pipeline that brings gas from Russia to Germany, and someone blew it up, and almost certainly it was the U.S., but 
a bunch of media outlets are saying it was Russia or whatever. And I mean, that's just my personal opinion that it's the U.S., but, like, I'm just applying Occam's razor. They stand to gain the most. And I was freaking out about it to my cousins and my brothers. I was like, you know, like, World War Three, And uh, I think after I sort of, like, had a tantrum like a toddler about it, and I done kick done finished kicking and screaming and laying there exhausted. It's just like, well, what the fuck am I gonna do about it? Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna fly over there and and fix the pipeline, nor am I gonna fly over there and defuse the situation. Uh, and so I guess I think I just and it's hard to do, but I'm reminded that you can choose happiness today, and not only can you choose happiness today. But if you live your life waiting to be happy on the backs of achievement, you'll never be happy. You know, like, well, uh, once I get that new job and make more money, I'll be happy. Or once I get that house and uh, it's got three bathrooms and and a king-size bed, I'll be happy. And I think I realized that when I quit smoking weed, before I had started smoking weed, and that was about March of 2021... I was in the most content and happy and self-actualized place that I had ever been. Uh, I had many of the same stressors that I have today, but I felt much more capable in handling them. And yesterday, I woke up from a nap, and for some reason, that overwhelming sense of calmness and ability to deal with things came to me again. And it is as close to as spiritual as I will get, but it felt as if there are, there's, you know, there's, there's more, I said this earlier, but the world is bigger than your thoughts, but it's also the universe is bigger than all of our thoughts together. And that, um, you never know, there may be the solution to all of our problems born in, in a person today that just in time by the time they're 20 when the world is on the brink of the worst uh they're a new albert einstein or something you know or or there may be um a technology breakthrough happening right now as i speak as i speak to this microphone that is going to help alleviate a lot of pressure but as much as we can hope for those things and and move through day to day and try and be a part of you know, the solution, I think that a lot of people are using articles like these ones that quote 60% of people are are feeling, um, you know, stressed or whatever. And I guess what I'm saying here is there, there ultimately becomes a dichotomy of you either kill yourself, which a lot of people are obviously doing, or you keep going. And when you keep going, there's a further choice of going with a smile on your face and to focus on hope or to just constantly rail about how shit everything is, which I was guilty of myself. And actually, I apologize specifically to those friends I left behind in Victoria because the only fucking thing I did in Victoria was just rail against how shit it was. And when I made my Victoria podcast episode... I, I sort of realized, like, what, what do I miss about Victoria? Nothing like moving away from a place 
to realize all, all the, uh, they say the grass is always greener on the other side. And when you hop that fence, look back and see what, you know, you're going to miss. Well, fuck, Victoria is so nice in a lot of ways and so shit in others. But if you only ever talk about how it's nice and you only ever look at the best things about it, uh, someone once told me that Victoria is all flowers and water, uh, which is <laughs> sort of true. If you love flowers and water, you know, uh, you should, or even not even if you love them, but they're certainly more pleasant than talking about the housing crisis. Well, then talk to your friends about the flowers and the water and the fact that you have more restaurants per capita in Victoria than anywhere else in Canada. You can eat good every night if you want to. And sure, that's a lot of your money. But like, fuck, what else are you going to spend it on when you're living there? You know, either that or save it and get out. Right. And that could be positive, too. Like, it's all about reframing. You know, it's all about about contextualizing. Um, I was, you know, there's this idea that uh, uh, perception uh, perception of the world around us is, is our reality, our subjective reality, because we only, you know, our brain processes those things around us and tells us what we see. But then we can tell our brain what to focus on in order to affect our reality. So... I'm just not going to, I'm going to read these studies and I feel sad that 60% of people are feeling really, really shit, but I'm going to choose to be the 40% who isn't. So I, I'm going to title this that the kids aren't all right. That, that was the, like, they aren't, but we can always hope for better, you know, and it, and I think it starts with being compassionate to those around us, which, boy, have I been guilty of uh, being um, negative. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I've been told I express a lot of energy. So when I am negative, it's almost overwhelmingly so for those around me. So I apologize. And that is a, a heartfelt apology to those who had to deal with me at my worst. Um... That being said, I hope I can bring a lot of positivity to the table. Um, and I think it starts as much as the cliche has been over, like hashed over and over again, but it starts from small things. And I think that the reason the cliche exists is because it's true. Uh, at the gym, I was at the gym a couple days ago and someone left their headphones and I picked them up and ran out and gave them to him. And he was like, thanks. And it made me feel good. But then today when I was at the gym, uh, I left my keys accidentally underneath like one of the machines and I was frantically searching for them because my, my keys are really important to everything. Like I only have one set and they like get me in my house and they get me in my car and everything. They're really important. And someone came over and brought them to me and it made me feel, I was so relieved and stuff and it made me feel like there was at least one friend I had in in the very briefest or in the very like barest way of him being a friend but a, a friendly face you know and so what goes around comes around but also uh it, it's self-serving you can have self-serving altruism like you can do nice things for other people because it makes you feel good and you don't even have to care if it makes them feel good because if it makes you feel good that's that's the point uh, 
so this was like the most preachy I hope I ever will get on on the podcast because I would rather like to focus on more tangible things um but yeah if, uh, I just I don't know I, I, you can reach out to me as a listener at any time uh, at my email if you just want to want to have a little chat or whatever you can come on the show uh, happy to have you on the show um, and uh, we talk about things it doesn't really matter what I don't care the podcast is uh, this is not supposed to be a commercial success and I hope that this uh, can offer you just some degree that, you know, I am was doing very unwell and I have been doing very unwell at times in the past three years. And that is normal. Uh, not only is that normal, but I, I think that, that you're in the minority if you really do feel uh, put together. And what I'm saying is that not only can you change it, but we can change it. All of us can change it. And um, we sort of got fucked by the boomers for sure. So not not sick. But like, I hope to be a better society builder than the generation that came before us. And um, I have a lot of hope, I think. Uh, I have a lot of hope, I think. That sounds... I do have a lot of hope. But I think that I'm just beginning to cultivate it. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for, for listening. And I apologize about the delay. Um, uh, uh, Ernest, a uh, request for content that you guys want to see me dive into. Um, uh, I love researching. Uh, I think I'm good at it. I think I'm good at running a, a narrative. But definitely was f- f- suffering from some pretty significant creative blocks there because uh i was focusing on the more immediate i felt like i was you know hyper anxious and dying even though i'm not uh unless i have a brain tumor uh so yeah um thanks for listening uh keep your head up um keep your stick on the ice and uh next time's gonna be a bit of a uh brighter episode